0: We are in an It's Not Complicated series. Now, it's always funny, I giggle whenever I work on a sermon series or a series of talks, how that, the, whether it's going through a passage of Scripture systematically or looking at different parts of Scripture and bringing them together under a common theme, regardless of, 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 of how I do it, invariably God always takes the theme of these series of talks and confronts me with certain applications. For instance, um, uh, over the last several weeks uh, and if you were here yesterday I was not here. Edie and I had to travel back to Tennessee uh, where we spent our New Year's. We spent uh, right after Christmas and New Year's in, in Knoxville uh, with our family and the day we were leaving we were uh, coming home and uh, we got in a wreck Uh, and as we got in the wreck, saw the video of that uh, while I was paying the ticket for that. Um, uh, Frustrating, Uh, but uh, I saw that, and and, uh, anyway, our car had to be fixed, and so we had to rent a car and then come back to uh, 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 Virginia and deal with the insurance companies and then drive back to Tennessee. Had to uh, had to drive back to Tennessee this weekend and drove there and, and had to get the car and then drive back. And so uh, all of that is complex. And, and the details and, and the phone conversations and the emails and all those things, such complexity. And that's just a portion of the complexity that's been added to my life. While I'm talking about it, it's not complicated. Uh, right? Go figure. Uh, but in the midst of all the complexities... God began to teach and continues to teach the the power of simplicity uh, in my life. And this message today, this talk today is no different. Um, See, what happens is as we begin to study Scripture and as we allow the Spirit of God to speak to our heart, He really does want to keep things as simple and as clear as possible. Uh, and, and we like to muddy up the waters sometimes. We, we like to muddy up the waters because if the waters are muddy, then we have an excuse as to why we behave the way we do. But today, as we look at Scripture, I, I really want us to get this big picture biblical principle about life's math um, and how life really does work and, and how it can work for us. Now, as we look at this passage today, and I not told you the passage yet, but as we look at the principle today on life's math, what... what what, what we learn today can transform our life. It, it can transform our relationships. It can transform and, and adjust and change how we do things. See, I believe that God desperately wants us to live a life that is fully satisfied. By the way, that's why he sent Jesus, so that our sin might be forgiven, so that we might find intimacy with God through faith in Jesus Christ. He he, he wants us to have a full and satisfying life, but we get in the way so often. And today we're going to look at a basic biblical principle that that really does show us the power of a transformed life and how that we can have a change that will lead to a life-giving harvest in our soul. Um, so we're going to look at life's math. We're going to look at how this biblical principle, although it's found throughout Scripture, we're going to look specifically at Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 7 and 8, uh, and then later on we're going to look at verse 9. Um, uh, but here's the simple pr- principle of Galatians 6, 7, and 8. We, we reap what we sow. That's just the, that we reap what we sow. Uh, again, here's, here's how Paul wrote it. He said, do not be deceived. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he also shall reap. Simple principle. And it's a simple principle that we recognize in nature. If you and I were to go and go to the store and we were to buy apple seeds, and we were to take our apple seeds, and we would go to, the, uh, to our lawn, and, and we were to uh, have the perfect lawn for that, but we were to plant apple seeds. What kind of harvest do we expect? Apples, or apple tree that would produce apples. So you, you plant apple seeds, you're expecting what? Apples. If we were to go and and get uh, 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 white half runner seeds, those are green beans. Uh, I don't like green beans, but I know what a white half runner is. And so you go to the the store and you get some white half runner green, green, green bean seeds and you plant them in your garden. What do you expect to get from planting those seeds? Not just green beans. You're going to get some white half runner green beans. Suppose you were to go to the store and you were to get some seeds for silver queen corn. And you were to take those seeds for silver queen corn and you were to plant them in your garden. What do you expect to get? Silver queen corn. We we plant seeds for corn. We don't expect apples. We plant seeds for uh, green beans. You don't expect strawberries. I would rather them be strawberries, but you don't expect that. Uh, this reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping is a simple Principle that applies in our agricultural world, but the Bible tells us, Paul says explicitly, that it applies in our everyday life as well. I mean, our everyday life, not just in an occasional life, but an everyday life. This is life's math. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. The whatever there in the New King James Version, your translation may say something different, it says, Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever. That, that term, whatever, is a combination of two uh, words in the Greek language, and it points to whatever. I mean, whatever. It's general in nature. It, it, it's not just seeds like you plant corn or strawberries or green beans, but it's whatever. It, it's, it's your attitude. It's... It, it, It's your thought. It's your words. It's your actions. You see, the whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap, points us to to one simple idea. When it comes to reaping what we sow, whatever says that everything we think, say, and do matters. See, that's sowing. What I'm speaking right now is sowing. What I'm thinking right now, which may not be exactly what I'm speaking right now. You don't know this about me, but I can think a lot of things while I'm speaking to you. I'm thinking about fishing right now while I'm talking to you. Just kidding. Oh, what, we, what we think is sowing. What we speak is sowing as well as what we do is sowing. Yeah, and just paint a, an example of this. mythical example, but suppose my wife, my beautiful, wonderful, special, spectacular, godly wife, were to cook me dinner. And every time she cooked me dinner, I walk in, I sit down at the table, and I say, I can't believe you cooked this today. This is the most horrific thing I've ever tasted. Every single time she cooks, and I sit down, and I look at that, and I say, this is not how my mama made it. Can I ask, if I, if I sow that kind of words and thoughts and actions, if I sow that into my marriage, what do you think my wife is going to do as a result? There are a lot of, there are a lot of statements going on right now, and, and all of them are probably correct in some way. Uh, the result would not be good. Suppose, however, if I sit down and every time she cooks a meal, I say, man, this is awesome, baby. You are so spectacular. Even if it's like something gross, like sweet potatoes. And I sit down and, by the way, after 20-some-odd years of marriage, if she cooks me sweet potatoes, she's doing it out of meanness. (laughs) To teach me a lesson. Yeah, I'm in trouble. She cooks sweet potatoes, I'm in trouble. Anyway, so, so even if it's sweet potatoes, and I sit down and say, baby, you know I don't like sweet potatoes, but just the color and the texture of those sweet potatoes, I can tell that those are really, really good. I'm not going to eat them, but baby, those are really, really good, I'm sure. If I, if I sow those words, what do you think the result's going to be? That's something more positive, right? See, here's what happens in our relationships. We we pour into our relationships many times these, these fighting words or these pummeling words or these bitter words, even abusive words. And we pour those words into our relationships and we expect something to come out that's different than that. You know, if if I pour in condemnation all the time into my marriage or into my relationship with my children, do you want to know what's going to come out? Bitterness? Despair? Hopelessness? For our children, it would be rebellion. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. By the way, it also affects our thought life. You realize that, that if I'm sowing seeds of my thoughts in my head, that what's going to come out are, is fruit that matches the thoughts that I've been thinking? Yeah, I mean, if I think, boy, that pastor is a no-good, and you think that all the time, pretty soon, that's all you're going to start acting like I'm a no-good somebody. Or if you think about your boss, Oh, that, he's, he's such a jerk. And that's all you're thinking about. He's such a jerk. He is such a jerk. He is a, he's a failure. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't find himself out of a wet paper bag. And that's all you're thinking. Do you know what you're going to You're going to start treating him like that. By the way, that's a, bad, that's a bad way to do a job. You start treating your boss like, like he can't find himself out of a wet paper bag. You, you start thinking those thoughts and you start saying those thoughts and you start acting like that. Eventually, you're, you're, you're probably not going to have a job. last week, we, 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 uh, uh, Philip talked about, about uh, going to the gym. And as he was at the gym, he, he was working out and working out and working out. And, and he got frustrated because he, he wasn't losing weight like he thought he should. He didn't seem to be like he was getting ahead. And a trainer came up at the gym and said uh, at the Y and said, well, let me give you a clue as to what it's not just how much you exercise. It's also your diet. And, 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 and so Philip understood that what I do really matters. It's, it's, it's not just thinking good thoughts. It's not just saying things, but what I do matters. And, and if I'm going to get a result that I want, I need to sow seeds today that will get those results. And so it's, it's uh, the difference between feeding yourself Snickers upon Snickers upon, Snickers upon Snickers upon Snickers upon Snickers upon Snickers upon Snickers upon Snickers and never exercising. And what do you think the result of that's going to be? Oh Yeah, fat and obese. But if you feed yourself a good nutritional diet that includes the occasional Snickers on top of chocolate chip bluebell ice cream, And you exercise, then you get a fit physique. (laughs) You get the result that you want. it's, it's, It's sowing and reaping. And everything, everything that we think and say and do matters. Here's the way Jesus said it. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. Jesus said it this way. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, so it's it's out of the abundance. What are you focusing your heart on? As you focus your heart, then you're going to speak. And as you speak, that's what you're going to do. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Simple principle, you reap what you sow. Everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do matters. But what happens is we begin to, to, to fall into the, the idea that, that this doesn't matter in this area of my life. So I can behave this way or say these things or do these things or think these things, and it's not going to affect me. I'm going to plant apples and get strawberries. But we need to avoid the danger of that delusion. We have to avoid the danger of that delusion. This is how Paul began. He said, don't be deceived, which means don't be led astray. Don't be deceived. God's not going to be mocked. This is an eternal principle, a universal truth. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And so if we, being part of God's good creation... Think somehow that we can sow seeds of sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes don't have seeds, but suppose they did. Sow seeds of sweet potatoes. But because I am Eric Thomas, I'm not going to get sweet potatoes as a harvest. I'm going to get, I'm going to get bananas. Well, that doesn't make sense. That, that goes against the... the, the The idea of sowing and reaping, in the same way, what you're sowing into your marriage is going to produce the kind of seed that you're sowing. What you're sowing into your children is going to produce the kind of seed that you're sowing. What you're sowing into your church is going to produce the kind of seed that you're sowing. Which leads to the question, what are you sowing? What, what are we sowing? What, what is the seed that we're sowing? And, and, and Paul lists the two types of seeds. And by the way, there are only two types of seed. You either have seed A or seed B. He begins by saying, uh, whoever, uh, verse, uh, verse 8, uh, For he who sows to his flesh, from his flesh will reap corruption. Now oh, that's seed A. You're going to f- sow seeds to the flesh. Uh, that seeds from your sinful nature, your, your harmful desires, the desires for, uh, for anything that is contrary to what God wants. That's, that's flesh. Okay? That, that's one type of seed. And then the second type of seed, but he who sows seed of the Spirit, or to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap eternal life. That's seed B. There are only two types of seed. You're you're either going to sow seeds to the flesh or sow seeds to the spirit. There's no Switzerland seed. There's no neutral seed. You're either, right now, in your thoughts, sowing seeds to the spirit or sowing seeds to the flesh. When you leave here, you're going to walk out the room, you're going to start talking to people, and when you're talking, you're either sowing seeds to the Spirit or sowing seeds to the flesh. When you're sitting around the dinner table, you are either sowing seeds to the spirit or sowing seeds to the flesh. When you're alone in your room all by yourself, nobody's looking, you're either sowing seeds to the spirit or seeds to the flesh. When you're at work, you're either sowing seeds to the spirit or seeds to the flesh. When you're talking to your spouse or to someone that you love or or to your parents or to your children, you're sowing seeds to the spirit or seeds to the flesh. What are the seeds that you're sowing? You see, if you're sowing seeds of, out of your own desires, your own flesh, then you're going to reap a harvest that is decayed and corrupted, defiled, diseased, death. See, the picture for us is if, if, I'm, sowing, if I'm sowing seeds that, that are a reflection of sinful desires or a reflection of my flesh, then the result is going to be decay and death. But if I sow seeds in my relationships that that are guided by the Spirit of God, a reflection of who He is, then the result is going to be life. The choice is ours, and this is what makes it universal. We have the power to sow. But what are the seeds that you're sowing today? You might say, well, Eric, I don't think you can divide everything up like that. You, you, you're not everything I do is either uh, spirit or flesh. Yes, it is, and that's the problem. We like to give ourselves an out. We like to say, well, that's not really of the flesh. Yes, it is. Well, that's not really of the spirit. Yes, it is. It's one or the other. Which one is it? This is where life's math takes on a transforming power. When we begin to ask the question of ourselves, what are the seeds that I'm sowing? See, the reason many of our relationships are decayed and corrupted is because we have just sown seeds to the flesh. That's all we've done. And so we're reaping corruption. So what are we we sowing? And you might say, well, I I don't know. Well, let's begin somewhere. How about it? Let's just begin somewhere and look over probably on the same page or or one page over to Galatians 5, verse 19. See, if you want to know what the flesh looks like, well, here's what it looks like. You know that if any of these characteristics in 5, 19 through 21, if you have any of these characteristics in the words or the thoughts or the actions, then you're sowing seeds of the flesh. All right? So, so the first few may not apply. They might. They may not apply. But let's just, let's just read through all of them, and I'll highlight ones that maybe will hit home more specifically. Verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are self-evident. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions. Here we go, wait. Contentions. Jealousy. Jealousy. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Heresies, envy, envy, uh, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and stuff like that. All right, so if I'm in my relationship and, and, and it's, it's uh, say, say, Edie and I are, are, are here and, and, and I keep having these outbursts of wrath. Guys, I'm sowing seeds to the flesh. I don't get a pass on that. That, Those are seeds of the flesh. And those outbursts of wrath are going to produce decay, corruption. God's not going to be mocked by this. This is a universal truth. What I sow is what I reap. Envy, selfish ambition. Jealousy, hatred, contention, dissension. I have thoughts like that. I have words like that. And I have actions like that. Make no mistake, I am sowing seeds to the flesh. And what I'm going to reap is death. You're not going to reap something good out of the works of the flesh. Get it. Okay, so you think it's okay for you to be envious of somebody else or to be jealous of somebody else. It's not. It will never produce good. Why? Because it's works of the flesh. You are sowing seeds of the flesh. And when you sow seeds of the flesh, you're going to reap what? Corruption, death, decay. All right, so, so that's, that's one set of seeds. You know, if you've got any of that in your thoughts and your words and your actions, sowing seeds of the flesh. It's going to reap decay. On the other hand, there are seeds of the Spirit. Look at verse 22 of Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self control. Now, that's fruit of the Spirit. We know if we're sowing any of those characteristics, then we are sowing to the Spirit, and we will reap life. The question is, what are you sowing? In your relationships, in in the church, in the body of Christ, in in, in your work, in, in, in your alone time, what are you sowing? Whatever you're sowing is either going to produce life or death. But what are you sowing? It's a great question. And, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to put myself on the spot. Um, my wife's here. I'm going, to, I'm going to encourage her to ask me. Uh, now, Eric, with those words, what, what seeds are you sowing? I won't ask her that because, you know, she's, she's awesome and she would only be sowing to the Spirit. It's a joke. You all didn't laugh at that. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, by the way. I know I am. Uh, but but we, we need to ask each other the question. You leave this place, you walk out in the hallway, and people start talking. You know, it would be really good if we as the body of Christ would ask other fellow members of the body of Christ when they're yakking off in the hallway, hey, what seeds are you sowing? Are you sowing to the Spirit are you sowing to the flesh? Well, boy, that would be awesome. You know, I mean, that, that brings maturity of the body of Christ. It sharpens our focus and it produces life. You see? What, what are the seeds that you're sowing? Now, you might look at that and you say, my goodness, it, it, I know the seeds I've been sowing and, and I'm in trouble. Because the harvest of the seeds that I've sown is going to be ugly. And you, if we were to stop right now, you'd just want to leave and hang your head in despair and say, I am toast. But there's hope. I love it that God gives us hope. Hope, Even in the midst of sowing seeds to the flesh and, 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 and being in danger of reaping death, here's what His grace does. He offers us a chance to start a new crop today. You know, we can start a new crop right now. And That's what verse 9 is about in Galatians 6. He says says in verse 9, "...and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart." He said, now's the time to turn around. Let's start sowing to the Spirit. Now's the time for things to take the turn toward life and away from death. In our marriages, in our families, in our homes, in our work, in our church, All around us, let's begin planting a new crop of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Today, things can change. Your marriage can be transformed. Families that have been fractured can be uh, whole again because we find life-giving grace as we sow the seeds to the Spirit. Everything can change. Everything can change today. And you know what? It's up to you. Empowered by the grace of God as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's up to you to make the change, to start a new crop today. And it can happen. It can happen in your life. It can happen in your relationships. It can happen. And you look at your life, and, and this is free, and, and, and we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but um, you look at your life and you look at how you've sown seeds to the flesh for so long, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, the, the harvest that I'm going to reap is going to be horrific. And, and truthfully, it may be, but there's hope even in that. You see, the, the way you turn it around, if you've sown these seeds of to the flesh, and you've, you've sown anger or outbursts of wrath or envy or jealousy or uh, worse than that. You, you've sown those seeds in your relationships or, or, or elsewhere, and, and the question is, how, how do you turn it around from that? Not how you start a new crop, but how do you take care of the diseased crop you've already planted? What do you do? Well, there's a picture of repentance that God makes available for us, where we repent before Him the seeds that we have sown to the flesh. And if we repent, I believe that God, in His mercy, may not take away the full measure of the uh, the consequence or the harvest, but He will ease the pain of the harvest. There is repentance, and God is merciful to those who repent. There's also repentance that needs to take place with others. Not just with God, but with others. You've sown seeds of of anger or envy or jealousy or hatred or fighting or contentions or dissensions. You've you've sown these seeds in relationships with other people. You know, today's the day for you to go and ask them forgiveness. Repent before them. Confess it. Repent it. See if God won't start a new crop in that relationship. Today's the day. But as always, God leaves it in your hands for you to hear His Word and obey. My prayer for us today is that this church will be transformed because we understand that if we sow to the Spirit, we will of the Spirit reap life. But if we sow to the flesh, we will of the flesh reap corruption. It's not complicated. What you sow will be what you reap.